Good morning. It's uh, it's nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and we are uh, this morning uh, ministry and sharing about tongues, the value of tongues, and how this gift operates in the life of believers. Let's have a prayer, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord, that you can hear me. I thank you, Lord, that you can. Give me a revelation of your word to share with those today. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, when Paul is dealing with the church in Corinthian, the Corinth church, he mentioned uh, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in the order, as follows, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, work, and miracles, gifts of healings. Discern your spirits, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. And I've been sharing with you that the reason why discerning of spirits came uh, later, before the vocal gifts are explained, is that prophetically, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is very strong. As you know, the Bible is a prophetic book. The spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so, and so, nothing changed because prophecy and the gifts here has nothing to do with the prophet. It has to do with the idea of edifying, building, comforting, strengthening, which is found in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. I have said that a lot of times. Matter of fact, I'm so tired of sin that I need to drink a little coffee to wake up. Okay. Now today I'm going to add on tongues, the understanding of tongues, a little more. So you'll be able to sort of uh, be edified, build, and, comfort, and, and comforted in knowing the things that I'm going to share with you. Today is a very important day because we don't talk about tongues uh, throughout the year, about once or twice, when it comes to uh, the gifts, we primarily uh, minister. The, uh, I'm, I've been ministering the last uh, three months or four months on Matthew, from the beginning of the book and up to now. So now we come to explain tongues, because in Atlanta tonight, I'll be sharing on this and I'll be teaching on this at uh, at Mount Bethel Church. So. When it comes to the list that I mentioned to you, and I'm going to repeat it again. Here's the list given to Paul in 1 Corinthians 12. Here's the list. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Faith, work, and miracles, gifts of healings. Discerning of spirits. Prophecy. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. And I mentioned to you, uh, that's several times. So let me just tell you. The, when you come into 1 Corinthians 12.10, and it says, To another diverse kinds of tongues, that type of tongue needs to be interpreted. It is referring 
to tongues as a gift. Now, if it is a gift, then it has to operate within the order of gifts. For instance, <coughs> there are diversities of, of diversities of gifts, difference of administration, <coughs> and there are diversities of operation. They're different. They operate different. They administer differently. And they're not equal to the other next door. <clears throat> they work together, but they're different. And so when it comes to diverse kinds of tongues in 1 Corinthians 12, that type of tongue, it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Meaning, you're in church, and you have a word to the congregation, and the word comes forth, and somebody interprets it. Now that is a gift. It's not something that that you could sort of take home and pray on your closet uh, prayer. That is a gift that needs to be interpreted, and it is under the rules of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I hope that that worked out in your head. Let me just pause a little bit. What I'm saying to you that the tongue that you receive when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and not everybody receives the same way. Some take a time. Some uh, wait another three months, four months, and tongues come in. Uh, that is a prayer language. It has nothing to do with a gift. That difference here. Prayer language operates uh, uh, as you receive the baptism. Tongues here. It, a, a variety of diverse kinds of tongues here in 1 Corinthians 12.10 it's talking about a message of the Lord to the church which needs to be translated and operates under the gifts I said it four times already now second let's explain tongues as a actual move of the spirit tongues are are called prayer language. And that is, at the moment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then you receive this prayer language, or you can receive it later. But that is actually prayer language. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, separate in tongues in 1 Corinthians 12 is a gift. So tongues as a gift operates under the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in the order of the Holy Spirit, and tongues as a specific uh, in tongues as a specific uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, then it operates uh, primarily to give you a prayer language. So there's a difference between the prayer language and, 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 <clears throat> and that which is spoken to be translated in church. Two types of tongues. Okay? Okay, now let's go. Now, I'm going to sort of uh, explain to you primarily the value of a prayer language. It's for personal edification. Go into 1 Corinthians 14.4. 1 Corinthians 14.4. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. 
He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. And so the prayer language has to do with edification of yourself. What, 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 what is edification means? It means that you begin to become strong spiritually. Uh, you are tuned to God. You, uh, you uh, hear His voice more clearly. You, you enjoy the, the fellowship with the Lord. You begin to think about community, and community begin to think about others. And, and so it changes your demeanor when you pray in the Spirit. Completely changed. Amen? Okay. In Jude verse 20, it says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your holy faith, <clears throat> praying in the Holy Spirit. It's the same concept of edification. It builds you up physically, mentally, and, and it, it causes you to enter in into real prayer as a mystery before God. All right. Let me turn my page. Now, when, when you activate your prayer language, you are allowing your spirit to pray. Spirit to spirit is very effective. You see, you have a spirit so in a body. And your spirit, when it prays, is directly from the innermost need in your heart. The things that you are anxious to see it happen. This desire that you have inside of you to serve the Lord and to honor Him and to come into your place in, in your life and, and what you want to be uh, as, 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 as to serve the Lord. And of course, nothing more important than someone finding what they need to do with their lives. You know, I, 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 found, I found myself when I came to Athens, Georgia. And I, I rented this building without having any money. And the money came in to pay. Matter of fact, for the last 20 years, the money's been coming in to pay every month. And we have like 15, 15 rooms, 15 offices at RBM. And I remember the days when every, every office is packed with people. And so I'm not going to change anything until the Lord tells me to change because, because, you see, I'm praying in the Spirit and I'm not going to make a mistake. Amen? Okay. So now, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. And so you can pray in all kinds of ways. But in terms of tongues, when you pray in the Spirit, the human spirit speaks the need that it sees. Uh, when you go to Hebrews chapter, is that Hebrews chapter 4 that is so powerful, isn't it? For the Word of God is quick, alive, and powerful, energizing, sharper than any two-edged sword. In other words, the, the word of the, the, the Holy Spirit probes into the Word of God. And the more I pray in the Spirit, the more I'm able to teach with revelation that I never heard before. And that's the product of prayer. And the product of praying in, in, in the Spirit, uh, my prayer language. And so my prayer language is essential to me as an evangelist. I don't know if you need it or not, but for me, I, I live on it. It is bread and butter. I spend 15, 20, 30 an hour in prayer in tongues. 
And I'm hearing things I've never heard before. And so, here's, here's, here's the end of this verse. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So, so the prayer and the spirit divides soul and spirit and probes in it what is in the soul that you're hurting about, what is in the spirit that you really guard in yourself and hear in yourself. And so, when, when tongues is part of your prayer, prayer life, you are deeply involved into areas that you have never probed before inside of your soul. It is a journey into your soul. You know, there's a, there's a movie, old movie, about uh, uh, a, a ship that goes underwater. And it probes all the, the bottom of the ocean. And, uh, and you can hear, pwing, pwing. And they're going right through the, through the, through the, the mountains of the earth and looking. And that's really what the Holy Spirit does when you pray in tongues. It, it goes into the innermost parts of your spiritual being. And your spirit begins relating to God and talking to God. And it causes wonderful things to happen. Okay, now. Hallelujah. Okay, let me finish this verse. It doesn't mean the dividing asunder of soul and spirit or joints and marrows. But rather, the Word of God pierces the soul and the spirit, adequately proclaiming what men ought to be and can only be in Christ as well. The Word of God portrays to us the Holy Spirit and His power. And so, having a life of ministry to others, depending on the Word of God to share and to build and to encourage if I don't have a prayer language, I'm speaking out of my mind, out of my soul. And nobody is interested in my soul. Uh, my, my soul is uh, it's already graduated. And uh, I, I don't want my soul to take over my ministry. And so I have some type of deep thought that nobody understands. I want to have a, a, a ministry where the Lord uses my teaching. To, 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 to minister to your soul and to your spirit and by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, and he says this, uh, for the Word of God is living in power, sharpening to the sword, piercing even in the dividing asunder of soul and spirits, joints and marrows, and he is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Discern the thought. So you have a thought. Instead of coming out of your mouth every time you say, I wish I could take it back. It discerns the thought before you say it. In the intents of the heart, it talks about, that's what you are thinking about it. Let me tell you, I understand that. Okay, now. On verse fourteen, fourteen, there's a dialogue between Paul and his spirit. It's on verse 15, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. It says, What is it then? If I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So, what is then? How, how are we going to... It says, I'll pray with the spirit, and I'll pray with understanding. In other words, 
The prayer in the Spirit is available. But if you have a problem with it, you pray with understanding. You sing in the Spirit. And you sing with understanding. Now, Paul, verse 16, rattles everything. He says, Else when you shall bless with the Spirit, how shall he who occupies the room of the unlearned say amen? When you, when you bless with the Spirit, how about those who do not understand it or cannot accept it and don't comprehend it? It's the unlearned. Giving thanks, seeing he understands. Now watch to say. For, for you verily give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Meaning, if you are in a public place, you should not speak in tongues to somebody else because they don't understand it. You should speak in Portuguese or English or Spanish to relate to the person in front of you. Paul is saying here, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. Meaning, Paul is saying that some of you will not. Some of you just don't want it. Some of you have a problem with it. Not that you try to be disrespectful to the Holy Spirit, but you have a problem. You just don't know. You just don't have it. And Paul says, it's fine. Now, let me just continue here. Amen. And so I want to show you now 1 Corinthians 12. Verses 28, 29, and 30. Paul presents a understanding in his mind of the importance of people praying in the Spirit. And it begins with uh, verse 28. And uh, uh, but before I explain this to you, I want to make sure that I'm able to, uh, to explain to you how Paul writes. Because these lists that Paul gives to us, you know, you have a list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter, verse 10, and then, then, then you uh, have different lists, Paul just... But every time he wrote something, he wrote from the lesser to the greatest. Meaning, he would begin with the greatest, but upside down, for instance, in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 9, verse 15, he talks about, uh, the last one, he talks about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the, in the, the, let, me, let, me, let me open the scripture in Romans chapter 9. That way I can, I can, I can share with you. Here you go. Uh, amen. Romans chapter 9. Let's take a look. Okay. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great heaviness and continued sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Who are the Israelites? Okay. Here's his style of writing. Those who pertain to adoption the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the tabernacle, the office, all of that. And then the patriarchs, who are, who, who are the fathers, and of whom 
as concerning the flesh, Christ came. So, in other words, it begins with the patriarch. <coughs> well, if you look very carefully, the adoption is first, and then the covenant, and then the giving of the law, and then the tabernacle service, and then the promises, and then the patriarchs. He begins, he begins with the lesser going to the greatest. And of course, the order is supposed to be the greatest be going to the lesser. In other words, the patriarchs come first, and then as history continues, it talks about the, uh, the promises and the messianic, messianic promises, and then the service of God, uh, to God, the tabernacle, the offerings, the priesthood, the giving of the law, the covenant, seven covenants, the glory, and then, of course, to Christ the adoption. That's the order that you need to use. That's the way Paul writes it. So let's take a look, observing that order into the Scripture that is 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It says this. Let me just put my horses in order here. Paul is quoting, using Ephesians chapter 4. The apostles. Calls, God calls some to be apostles, to be prophets, to be evangelists, to be pastors, to be teachers. For what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for defining the body of Christ. For what? For miracles, for gifts of healing, for helps, administrations, governments, and then diversity of tongues. Why did Paul came up diversity of tongues? Uh, 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 gifts that require interpretation. Why did he put tongues in that sense? It's because he's saying to you that in order for you to get to be an apostle, you have to begin with prayer language. You have to begin with praying in the Spirit. If you're going to grow spiritually, the first thing you need to do is to open your mouth and start resisting the Holy Spirit and begin to pray. In other words, your spirit is hungry, desperate. It just can't wait until you just lose it up and make it go and to prosper and to tell others and to be a blessing to others and to do mission work and to preach the gospel and to dance before the Lord instead of this... Very isolated lifestyle of a Christian who you feel the pain constantly, but you have no freedom. Did you get, uh, did you get through here? You want to get it? Yeah. Yeah, well, got a lot of questions. All right. We'll deal with that. This means that the diversity of tongues in the initiation of a Christian life is necessary. You might not want it, okay? But the Lord, the Holy Spirit, invites you to come to that moment where you do it. Alright? Okay, now. And, and, and let, me, let me just go into 1 Corinthians 14, 2. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Okay? 21. Okay. Now. Is there in the Bible a scripture in the Old Testament that prophetically announces the understanding of prayer in, the, in these terms, in what I'm explaining? Is there any prophetic utterance from the Old Testament that speaks to us that live in the New Testament? Okay? And so, <clears throat> it's on verse 21 of chapter 14. Let me begin with verse 17. 1 Corinthians 14, 17. For you verily give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Meaning, meaning, 
that you can be edified, but somebody else will not, if that's the way you relate to them. And Paul says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than anybody else. He's not denigrating tongues, but rather, rather regulating tongues and by the Spirit of God. He's putting order and balance into what needs to be in order for you not to be offending someone else. Yet in church, look at this, I rather speak five words with my understanding that my voice I might teach others also. That 10,000 words in an unknown tongue, it's better to speak in understanding in the church you can, or, or you, better than 10,000 words in tongues. It's not denigrated. He's putting order that when he comes to ministry to others, if it happens during the service, it has to be interpreted. But most of it has to do with prayer language and your privacy. And he said, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Meaning that what he has said is easy to understand. He said, Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. You've got to be adult. You've got to be mature in this. Pay attention. Now, in verse 21, he cites Isaiah. It says, In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak unto this people. This, this concerns a prophecy given by Isaiah nearly 800 years before Christ, which concerns the baptism with the Holy Spirit. In, in prayer language, which comes with it to some, it delays to others, but eventually comes. And yet, for all that will, that will they not hear me, said the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them who believe, but to them who believe not. But prophesying serves not for men who believe, but for them which believe. Speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort, strengthening prophesying as a gift according to First Corinthians 12. I've mentioned that so many times. The prophesying, it's, not, it's edifying people by, by ministering to them. Like I'm doing right now. I'm a prophesying. I'm edifying. I'm comforting. I'm giving the word. I'm pouring out on you. You understand? I'm doing right now. Now, let's take a look at uh, Isaiah. Okay? Let's see what Isaiah has to say. Because Isaiah cites this in the... Uh, it's Isaiah chapter Isaiah chapter 28. I hope we found it. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11. And it says this, For with stammering lips in another tongue, he will, he, will he speak to this people. Paul quoted this passage uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 21, the gift of tongues as a sign to unbelievers. Oftentimes the Holy Spirit used strange circumstances to present prophecy, proclaiming tremendously important coming events, even as this prophecy does. Such also was the prophecy given through Isaiah, of the birth of Christ. Through a version, Isaiah 7.14. The Son of Man will come. Isaiah 7.14. So, the occasion would be, would be, would be 
the, the occasion would be the unbelief ridiculed in scorn of the wicked Ahaz. Therefore, it seems to me that the Holy Spirit designed both these prophecies, the virgin birth and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to convince unbelievers and to speak to unbelievers. That's the prophecy Paul, that, that Isaiah says. He says, with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to these people. Amen? So, let me just uh, stop a little bit and have a prayer with you that you receive. So put your, your hands straight up in, in the air and say, Come, Holy Spirit of God. Baptize me, Lord. Minister to me, God. Father, I submit to you today. I ask you, Lord, that you convict me. Speak to my soul, God. Speak to my mind. What you have me to do, Lord. I ask you, God, that my spirit be free. So I can have a life of prayer. So I can build somebody else. Speak into people's lives a word of understanding. Deliver me, God, from confusion. Deliver me, God, from voices that simply says to me, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Remove, God, out of my sight every doubt, every fear, every anxiety, every turmoil, that I am a child of God, heir of the kingdom, the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. I speak it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Yeah.